Dr. Randy. I have a specific question. My question is... My question to Dr. Randy is... How do you parent a child that's almost an adult? Mm, that's an interesting question, by the way. How do you parent a child that's almost an adult? Uh, almost like he's an adult. Start holding him accountable. Letting out the, the reins. Less control. Uh, more independence and reminding him or her of their accountability <laughs> so you don't rush in and solve all their problems. That's a short course on that transition. Uh, Dr. Randy here from Intentional Living along with Jennifer, Stephen, and Gino and uh, Andrew here today uh, behind the scenes as we continue our discussion from yesterday on parenting and how to be an intentional parent. We got some callers we're going to get to. Some people have left comments and questions for me. Uh, I got information again about a very important and fun event coming to Michigan from Intentional Living. I'll tell you about that coming up in just a few minutes. If you're married, thinking of being married, uh, been married, and want to learn some things before you ever do that again, uh, it'll be great for you. Bringing some other couples with you is going to be an event for couples. And very unique because it's all intentional living. It's all about the figuring out what pleases Christ and then doing it and the power of doing the next right one thing. As you bring your head, heart, and hand to this conference or this event, um, uh, it could be a life changer for you. Anyway, Michigan, I'll tell you about it coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, parenting, if you have a comment to our comment line, call 888 is the number. Let me go to Sandy in Michigan. Hi, Sandy. How you doing? Hi. Good afternoon. Appreciate your call. What uh, What's your question for me today? Well, I'm a grandma, and um, I have a son that was raised as a Christian, but he's uh, chosen to be atheist. Mm. And, and how, I have how are you, amazing before you, Let me ask you before you go on with the question, how are you doing with that as a mom? Oh, it's broken my heart, but um, I pray on a daily basis for a hedge of protection and that God will put people in his life that will talk to him about his faith and Jesus dying on the cross. And his best friend, it's the same thing, and they call me and tell me to stop praying for them because they keep running into all these Christians that feel a need to talk to them. (laughs) And I tell them it's not going to (laughs) happen. How's your relationship with your son? Um, it's pretty good now. For a while, it wasn't. Um, when he got married, his wife was very jealous of me and controlling. Mm-hmm. And when I told her I had prayed for his um, future wife, that her eyes got real dark. But we're, she's starting to talk to me now, and she at least lets me see the grandchildren. Oh, that's great. Well, I want to get an ongoing issue. Yeah, and I want to get to that in a moment. Uh, let me ask you: Why do you think? I mean, what happened? Did, did, what led him away from the church? Did he have a bad experience, or, or is he just, you know, what happened? Yes, I, um, his father died, and I, I remar- I married another man who was a professing Christian, but it turned out he was a philanderer and a narcissist, mm. and he he tried to kill us a few times. Um, oh. and I didn't get out fast enough because I wouldn't let him have weekend visitation, so I stayed. Until I was old enough, Alex was until my son was old enough to tell the judge he didn't want to go with him on the weekends. All right, so he, that all, all that never, stuff has been dealt with, but he he took that away in terms right. of saying, "Hey, I'm rejecting 
this Christian teaching that I was raised with in the church and all that stuff. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, because his adaptive father doesn't keep in touch with them, and, you know, he was a professing Christian, and he's like, well, yeah. if, that, if God's like that father, I don't need him, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That's understandable. I mean, as if from a human level, you understand how we influence each other. So it sounds like all that stuff has been dealt with, though, in terms of he's no longer in your lives and all that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. it's all been dealt with, but all right. he's still atheist. And, yeah. Okay, um, well, so what's your question about the grandkids? Because I know that was the real purpose of your call. Well, you know, my heart is for my the salvation of my son and his wife and the grandchildren, and I'm afraid to say much in front of the kids because I'm afraid that my daughter-in-law won't let me see them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to cause conflict in the home by being too vocal. Yeah. Um, I did talk about God once with Alex sitting there, and Alex was very mature about it and explained things and said, that's what Grandma believes and we don't, and you'll decide one day on your own. Um. And then I just felt like I needed to be quiet, and mm-hmm. I try to live my life in a godly way and be an example. But I was just kind of hoping you'd have some nuggets of wisdom for me. Or Well, I have some um, nuggets. I, I don't know how wisdom they are, but I'll give you a couple of my, uh, my nuggets. Seriously, Sandy, you have a heart of a grandma. And I asked those earlier questions because uh, we, we don't find that life— is in a vacuum. I mean, there's a background, a backstory to these things. And um, I, I think a couple of things, I would maintain the relationship with your son and your daughter-in-law to the extent that you can and have a positive, do things that are fun, just be together, uh, enjoy things, you know, go to the park, go to the zoo with the kids. I mean, whatever it is, just have fun and let them know that you love them. And, um, and I think that's really important because if you lose that opportunity, you've lost that opportunity. So you bend over to make sure that you have that kind of opportunity uh, to to keep connected. Secondly, uh, cut yourself some slack. You're not the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, your, your son is responsible for his decisions and your daughter-in-law and your grandchildren. They're here on loan. And preaching is never, never, never going to be a good idea. I think to the extent that you can live your life before your kids and your grandkids and uh, slip them, as my friend Kevin Lehman used to say, slip them a commercial every once in a while on what God is doing in your life, okay? Don't preach at them what they need to be doing. That's offensive to them. That's I'm better than you are, Um, and, and they're offended by that. But... You're perfectly okay as a grandma to talk about that little commercial of what God's done in your life, how he's given you forgiveness and peace and love. And and, uh, let your light so shine before men, right, that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I read that somewhere. I think that's right out of the Bible, isn't it? In other words, we live our lives in a way that we point to Christ and that he gets the glory for it. I think when we make a mistake, and listen, I understand. I'm a parent, grandparent. I get this. I get this. And a counselor slip into the mode of telling people what to do. That's very dangerous territory when it comes to this area. Just allowing your life to be a reality to those that you love. 
Okay, Sandy, stay the course. God bless you. Appreciate your call. Let me go to Joan next in Arizona. Hi there, Joan. How you doing? Hi, Dr. Randy. Oh, my gosh. I've been listening to you forever. Wow. I knew I was old, but I didn't know I was that old. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. What's your question? Uh, so I have a grown daughter, married, who lives in a different state. And we had this big blow up um, New Year's Eve. Eve, New Year's Eve, Eve. And, um, and this is a, she, she's blown up at me before, but this is the first time she's used vulgarity. Mm. And I'm at the point now where I am not ready to speak to her. Okay. And I just want to know, is that wrong? Why don't you want to speak to her? Well, because um, she's, in a, she's, she's a very independent young lady. She's been, been that way since she was in eighth grade. But every time something goes wrong, she seems to blame me. Okay. And um, she's been trying to get pregnant. And um, her sister turned out to be pregnant right now. And that took, I'm, I'm thinking that that maybe what broke the camel's back. And then she just started bringing up everything from the past, the present, I guess, future, because she decides that she, she also stated to us that she didn't know she's going to discuss it with us anymore as to how the journey is going with her. So and she's I, I hurting. Feel, yes, she is. Mm -hmm. Yes, she okay. is. So you but just, just feel, feel what? Totally disrespectful. Okay, disrespected. All right. Sounds in like a it. big kind of way. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. How old is your daughter? 30, 31. How about the other daughter? How old is she? 30. And so the other daughter is pregnant and um, happy about it? Well, we finally feel like we can be happy about it because for the first month, she wasn't because she understood what her sister was going through. Right. So what I'm saying, though, is you're, you're happy and, and your 30-year-old yes. yes. daughter's happy yes. about the pregnancy. Yes. And then the older yes. daughter is not getting pregnant and maybe upset uh, as she sees the younger sister going first. Uh, she wouldn't say that, but. No, but I mean, is that what's happening in your mind? I feel that that's, I feel that that's what's happening. Okay. Based on what you said, that's probably what everybody listening thought uh, as well. Yeah. Um, and so out of her frustration, she uses profanity, brings up old stuff, probably try to hurt you in her mind. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, okay. and so is she followed up to try to reconnect? No, she hasn't. Um, she had a doctor's appointment on the 12th of last month. I called her and it was a very short call. And uh, yeah, no, I haven't heard. She did call and apologize, but I know my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that apology, Dr. Ray, I didn't accept it as a true apology. She called about three weeks later to apologize. And mm -hmm. um, I said, okay, because I know my daughter. And yeah. um, What do you know about your so, daughter? I know that if she really wanted to apologize or really think she did something wrong, she would have called the next day. Okay. Let me ask um, you a question. Again, Let me ask I you a question. How important, okay. how important is that relationship down the road with your daughter to you? It's important. I mean, um, she's my firstborn. I really, we, we've, we've had a, a, a good relationship and I'd like to, for it to stay that way. Well, my, if, if you want my, my the last caller wanted some nuggets of wisdom. You want my nuggets yes. of wisdom? All right. Let me, let me share a couple of things. First of all, I hear you're hurt and, and getting disrespect from your kids or grandkids or from somebody uh, shouldn't happen. 
And we talk about boundaries and putting boundaries in place. And I understand boundaries. Uh, we shouldn't be walked on, taken advantage of, and we need to speak up. And, and I understand all that. But your daughter's hurting for whatever reason. Her relationship with Christ, her relationship with her world, with her lack of being pregnant, whatever, or her history or her worldview. Uh, but she's a hurting person. And I'll tell you something, hurt people hurt people. That's the bottom line. And so her call three weeks later, frankly, is kind of interesting. She called three weeks later. That's been eating at her for three weeks. Enough that she was willing to call and just say, hey, I'm sorry. That means she's going to do it again? Uh, probably. Because maybe that's where she is in her life. Um, here's my encouragement to you, Joan, is to pray for your daughter. See her as a person that's needy and hurting and struggling. And uh, when she's disrespectful to you, you let her know. You know, I don't appreciate it when you speak to me that way. But I do accept your apology. Because we're commanded in Scripture to forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven us. Uh, so I think you can have that that double punch of saying, hey, I don't appreciate that. I don't receive that. Um, when, you, when you say that, it hurts me. It hurts my heart. But I do forgive you because I love you and I want the best for you. And I, and I, I know that's hard to say when you got the emotion. I can say it here because I'm not emotionally involved. But when you're emotionally involved with someone, that's a hard thing to do. But it's also the right thing to do. And so my encouragement to you, Joan, would be to do that um, and keep that door open because you got a grandbaby maybe coming down the road and you want to have that relationship open. I'd keep it. I'd maintain it. Yes. That makes You're sense? Right. That makes sense? It makes sense. It makes sense. I do pray for them, though. I, I pray for them every day. All right. Keep the door open. So, yes. Okay, thank you. You're, you're welcome, Appreciate Joan. It. Because once a door, I'll tell you, once a door closes, it's a lot harder to open it up once the, it gets locked and so on. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. We're talking today, parenting. You're welcome to share your comment uh, or your story uh, on our comment line at 888-888-1717. I'll be back in a moment. I want to tell you, if you're listening to Michigan or anywhere near Michigan, something very special coming up in two months. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. Are you overwhelmed by the uncertainty of life? For many, uncertainty can lead to fear and unhealthy life habits. In Dr. Randy's teaching, Intentional Living When You're Sick and Tired, you'll learn about the Apostle Paul's work with a church that exhausted and overwhelmed him and his commitment to walk by faith. When you give right now, we'll send you this teaching and we'll toss in God Hears and Answers, a book by Dr. Randy on developing a vibrant prayer life that will grow your faith and confidence in God during times of uncertainty. We'll email you this month's exclusive teaching and other intentional living tools each month. To receive the teaching and the book, call 888-888-1717 today or visit theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. And I hope you'll do that. Let me share if you're new to intentional living. I, you know, I believe that um, when we have a community of people who say, hey, we're supporting you, we're standing with you, that there's something special that happens 
And one of the ways I like to say thanks is to come alongside of you uh, and send out every month a brand new lesson that I've taught, created and taught on video and audio. And it goes to our intentional living community around the country online, both video and audio. And a few of you still receive the CD version of that. Um, and this month, for instance, you just heard a clip, uh, an excerpt and from the teaching that has to do with intentional living when you're feeling sick and tired. How does that work? Very biblical from the Apostle Paul. Uh, what's the power of um, intentional living? And boy, he experienced both feeling sick and tired. Paul had a reason to feel that way. And what intentional living did in his life. And then also, as we mentioned, the book, God Hears and Answers Prayer, uh, is going to our new members. As you join us, 888 Secondly, I want to remind Michigan listeners uh, that coming up next week, we're opening the ticket window online for the Love Your Marriage Date Night. It's going to be in Jackson, Michigan on Thursday night, April 20, Friday night, April 21st in Mount Pleasant. And tickets will be available starting at the end of next week. Now, you can go to the website now, put in your email address, and we'll send you a reminder so you can be first in line. We have limited seating. We want you to be a part of it. We're going to have a great night. So um, just go to theintentionallife.com and click on the events tab, and the information will be there for you. Okay. We're taking parenting questions and comments today. Let's go to Jeannie with a question uh, for me in New Mexico. I have a daughter that has OCD, and it doesn't matter what my suggestion for her is, whether it's to help her or guide her or coach her, she always has a better solution, a better answer, and refuses to take guidance, and often falters, stumbles, and falls because she refuses to take help. So that is my question, is how do you properly parent and guide a child that refuses your guidance and gets angry when given such guidance? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, for those of us that always have a lot of guidance to share, <laughs> and I put myself in the same camp with you, Jeannie, we always have a better plan, a better idea. Uh, and frankly, sometimes it is a better plan, a better idea. Let's face it, we've been around a little bit longer, learned some lessons, and we see the pitfalls of life, and we see our kids or grandkids or friends are about to ready to make a mistake or walk off a, a ledge or whatever, and we want to step in. Um, but to the extent that it's not that permanent of a decision, uh, I think we allow our kids, OCD or not, to face the reality of their decisions. Uh, honey, I'm here. I love you. If you want my input, I'm happy to give it as you know, but I'm biting my tongue, backing off because I love you. Raised you right, and uh, you know my phone number, or my te- you get my email address. I'm here for you, 24 hours a day. You can call. Um, but to that extent, beyond that, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not God. I can't be a replacement for making your decisions any longer. You got to make them yourself. I don't. I didn't catch her age of the child, but I think it was an adult. If it's an adult, certainly if they're younger. Then obviously you need to take more guidance, but. Uh, we've taught here at Parent Talk uh, Ministry over the years the simple formula of reality discipline. As my friend Kevin Lehman, he wrote a whole book called Making Children Mind Without Losing Yours. And it has to do with reality discipline, holding kids accountable. It's a great book, by the way. If you don't have, have a parenting book, that's a good one to get. He has others as well. Um, but the, the point is, when it comes to parenting, 
Uh, there's logical and natural consequences in learning to hold our kids accountable. So uh, I'd head in that direction. All right, let's go to Jessica, let me see, in Arizona with a question. Go right ahead. I am calling in regards to my um, almost 18-year-old daughter. Um, I am a foster adopted mom. I have three children from 8, 5, and 3, and now they are 17, 14, and 12. And they are amazing children, but my 17-year-old, who's almost going to be 18 next month, is very much struggling with boundaries and has boyfriend issues and all of those kind of things. I've set up boundaries with her, and I have given her a contract. I, for example, she stayed out late one night, and she was driving my car, so I took away her car privileges for a period of time. But she is threatening to move out and doesn't like my rules and doesn't like my things. How do you parent a child that had a really rough start, and I've adopted her and everything, but how do you parent a child that's almost an adult? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you let them do things when they're adults, even though they're living underneath your house? She's still a senior in high school, and um, I would just love some advice for that. Well, you don't violate your own conscience. That's the bottom line. Obviously, with children going into young adulthood, they may make choices that you may not approve of right off, but you allow them some some. Uh, you know, lim- limited boundaries to make decisions and face consequences for it. Uh, so I think we can be overly strict at this point. But at the same time, if your child's coming home or saying, hey, this is the way they want to live in your home, and they violate uh, your values and your conscience and how you want to run your home, that's not acceptable. And there should be a consequence. You take the car away and you keep the car away. And uh, the daughter that's threatening to move out, say, honey, when you graduate, if that's what you choose to do, then I'm not going to stop you to hurt my heart because I don't think you're ready yet to do that. But I just want you to know, you know, this is how our house operates. This is how we operate the home here. And uh, if you got hurt in your life, I'm happy to talk to you. But you can't, you can't lash out and use your hurt to say you're going to choose how you're going to live under my roof. You can't do that. And uh, so I think setting some boundaries, being clear, and helping her think it through. But you know what? The prodigal walked out the door, and the picture that Jesus gives us in that prodigal story is the dad did not chase him down the road. But you know what? The dad was home with a broken heart, waiting, praying. And so reality does step in. Second thing, as you mentioned, she had a bad start in life. Um, and I hear it. I hear that could be part of the issue. But I'll tell you what. Kids that have a bad start should not be given special privileges because you want to feel guilty about it. Because if you feel guilty, you're going to operate out of guilt, and that becomes a controlling mechanism uh, for that young adult in your life. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And Paul's one thing, and here it is for those of us who are feeling sick and tired Paul was sick and tired, he was weary. And he had one focus. He was committed. Here's what it says. He was committed with one thing, to walk by faith and not by sight. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Listen to what he says here. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to him. You know what? That's uh, right out of Scripture. And the Apostle Paul, who knew about being sick and tired in life, he had plenty of reason 
to uh, to walk away. He didn't. He hung in there. He was very intentional. And the lesson this month is when when you're feeling sick and tired, overwhelmed for any number of reasons, health related, a loss, just the challenges of life. How does living intentionally in Christ make a difference? Very practical lesson. Next month, it's on the topic of your own personal threat assessment in your life. What are the threats to your peace and happiness and contentment in your life? We're going to give you a lesson that'll bring you right back to three things that you can do. That'll be in March. And so every month, a brand new lesson for our intentional living community. Go to theintentionallife.com to find out more or call 888-888-1717. And uh, when you do, press number two during West Coast business hours, and you can talk to our team, our staff. Love to talk to you. Uh, and, uh, and when you're at the website, again, for those of you in Michigan, check out the Intentional Love Marriage Date uh, Conference or night coming out, uh, coming up uh, in a month. No, in a couple months in Michigan. Um, okay. All right. I think we've got time for a quick question. Let me, let me get uh, Tony on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead. So mine is, I guess, more of a reaction how I, I need to handle the situation because my um, middle daughter, who is a fantastic child, although reluctant to give me any type of information, <laughs> um, I believe is going to have her first date. And she's 12, and we just kind of stumbled onto this information, just we being me and my wife, stumbled onto this information, and I'm not exactly sure how to handle this situation, because this is the first time I'm having to deal with it. Tony, my friend, I hear your heart, and if you got a 12-year-old daughter and you're stumbling across that she's going to be having her first date, Something's got to change here. 12-year-olds shouldn't be having dates. I don't know what a date means, you know. It might be a school activity or what have you, but um, I would just encourage you, and I hear your heart as a dad, Tony. You want to do the right thing. Um, You don't want to hurt her heart, but at the same time, you need to step in and set some boundaries. And right now, listen, I want to say to all parents, you got some preteens coming up. Be very clear what how you're going to operate your home in the teen years. Uh, If you set up an expectation for the kids... It's a lot easier to manage later on. But if you don't, you're going to be constantly chasing your tail because they're going to be constantly changing. You're going to be saying, oh, no, no, no. You just say, hey, here's how the teen years are going to operate in our home. And you do it in a loving way, and you got a reason for it, and they're not going to like it, and they're going to think you're a terrible dad, and, and they'll probably scream and yell and jump up and down, and you're going to say, I love you still, and, and uh, let's have dinner and, and enjoy the rest of the day. In other words, you're setting the tone of how you want to operate your home, listening to the heart of your children, but you don't let a 12-year-old set the agenda. That's dangerous. Okay. Uh, We love your feedback. What do you think? Agree, disagree, thoughts? How does intentional living made a difference in your parenting? Love to hear that as well. Uh, 888-888-1717 on our storyline. We're going to be back tomorrow. And we're continuing uh, with some more questions uh, on life and marriage and and so on from Intentional Living. I hope you'll join me. I want to say a special thanks to my team here. Jennifer, thank you for another excellent day. Uh, Derek on Facebook, thank you. He brought the camera up closer so you get to see everything here. I want one of those haze filters on on the camera. And Stephen, our producer, thank you, my friend. Uh, We'll be back together again tomorrow with more right here from Intentional Living and to our Facebook friends. Thank you for joining us. Share it with others today, won't you? We'll see you next time.